This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets right now at City Field against the Braves, trailing 8-5, batting in the bottom of the seventh inning. No outs, Jeff McNeil at the plate. Meanwhile, the Yankees are in St. Louis, up 3-1 at the conclusion of 5, looking to snap that two-game losing streak. So we will continue to update you on these games once they go final. Uh, we're either going to be talking about a miraculous Met victory, uh, once trailing 8-1 to one in this game, or we're going to be talking about what could be viewed as a significant loss. Uh, but they will play three more against the Braves starting tomorrow afternoon. A doubleheader. We'll see Scherzer tomorrow and DeGrom on Sunday. Meanwhile, the Yankees, as I mentioned, had been struggling as of late. Uh, in their last 27 games, they're 12-15. and 15. Not great. Not great for a team that once was on pace to challenge the 98 Yankees as far as uh, records are concerned. But uh, we'll keep you posted on that as well. Uh, we'll get to some football, too. Jets and Giants uh, taking part in Week 2 of training camp. Jets actually play their first game next Friday night. Uh, so it should be fun. Giants as well battling. Uh, Daniel Jones had a couple of big plays today uh, as I was reading on Twitter. So we'll talk some football as well. Here is, to me, one of the reasons why, and we'll start here with baseball, one of the reasons why this is a sport, I, I love it. it. It's my It was my first passion as a sports fan. And for those of you, of you who know me, you know that I'm a big NBA guy. That That has since become my number one sport. But the genesis of my sports fandom was baseball. Uh, and it's a sport that I still love. But one of the reasons why it struggles so much nationally is because of we rarely get that big game feel that we would get in the NFL. Obviously, it's only 17 games, so every week is big. In the NBA, you know, a, a random Tuesday night in March with the Bucks in Brooklyn to take on the Nets, we can break that game down the next day. Bucks win by 20. Here's why Milwaukee is going to run away with the title. In baseball, we don't really get that because just last night I was on the air um, reacting to what I thought was a very impressive Met win. Uh, Carlos Carrasco continuing to pitch well. The Met offense helped him out early. Pete Alonso continuing his MVP caliber season. And then Edwin Diaz comes in for a no doubt about it, six out save. Shout out to Buck Showalter for you know giving him that because we'll, we'll probably see more of that going forward into October. So reacting to a big game last night, if you're doing talk shows and 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 media in Atlanta, uh, maybe it's devastating if you're a Braves fan to to endure that last night, starting a five game series, a big five game series against your division rivals, and having that happen right off the bat. And in sports, we love over-dramatization. We love overreacting because it feeds conversation and it's good content. So last night, big win for the Mets. What does it mean? Can they shut the door in the division? And then 21 hours later, the Braves are up 8-1 in the second inning. So as big of a game as last night was, like in baseball, over the course of a season, you get 162 of these bad boys, you can make it up the next day. So if the Braves find a way to get this victory tonight, they're right back to where they were right before first pitch yesterday. And I actually happen to think this is a bigger series for the Mets than it is for the Braves. The, the, the Atlanta's that's, that's the defending champions right there. They understand what it takes to win. And I think right now, 
the 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 numbers tell us and we've gone through two-thirds of the season we've seen so far that the Mets have been the better team I, I I think they are right now the better team but winning this division is much more important to the Mets you can't suffer a 10 and a half game lead collapse and then stumble your way into the playoffs against the likes of the Braves, who are the defending champions, the Dodgers, who've won a championship the last two years, uh, the Padres, who just keep getting better with that powerhouse that is Soto, you know, Tatis Jr., and Machado. You, you can't stumble your way into the postseason. That collapse w- would wane on your psyche. So I think it's a huge series for the Mets. Got off to a great start last night. I'm not going to overreact to what's happening Right now at City Field, it's baseball. Uh, it, it, Taiwan Walker was uncharacteristically terrible tonight. Uh, you look at his na- last nine starts. I got this stat off of SNY. His last nine starts, 6-0, 2-3-8 ERA. I was actually at the game last Wednesday at City Field when the Mets and Starling Marte walked off against the Yankees. Taiwan Walker had pitched the day before, gave up a couple, uh, gave up yeah, a couple runs in the first inning, back to back home runs from Judge and Rizzo, and then the rest of the game he was pretty lights out. This was an uncharacteristic start by Taiwan Walker. He's been one of the best pitchers on this staff all season long. The Mets still are a a really good team, even if they lose this game. Is it frustrating? Does it take a little bit of the Allure from what happened last night, sure. But I, I, I just can't sit here and overreact to them losing this game to the Braves. It's a big series for them because you do want to shut the door on this division as quickly as possible. The Phillies, all of a sudden, they're playing much better baseball. But, you know, this game tonight, things happen. It was a disastrous first inning, and they've been playing uphill ever since then. So I'm not going to overreact uh, to this game for the Mets if they do lose. But I do wonder if you're a, a Met fan. I was thinking about this earlier, and we touched on it a little bit last night, and that is what what defines a successful season for this team this year? Because it's year one of a new era where Buck Showalter's your manager, and as Larry touched on at the end of his show, you feel a lot more confident because this is a guy who has done it before. And no, he doesn't have the championship hardware uh, to to go along with his resume, but he's someone that you trust isn't going to succumb to the pressure of managing in New York, uh, you know, uh, 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 being on the brink of a collapse. Like, he's not the kind of guy that's going to let that clubhouse just completely fall apart. It's not going to happen on his watch. So coming into a season where you have a legitimate shot to be a great team with all this talent and a manager who you really don't have to worry about you ever losing games, like you're not going to sit out there and hand out the wrong lineup card, forget who's batting. Like you're, you're not going to have to deal with that kind of buffoonery. Has to make you feel good as a Met fan. But at this point in the season, you recalibrate your expectations because the, the Braves, and rightfully so, were the favorites to win this division at the start of the year. They dealt with injuries, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, eventually making his way back. They lost Freddie Freeman but gained Matt Olsen. This team went through struggles early, and the Mets capitalized on it. So once you get to June 1st and you're 10 and a half games up, all of a sudden the recalibration happens. And now we're sitting here on August 5th. You've got a four-game lead in your division. 
You've got one of the best records in baseball. DeGrom is back. Here's Scherzer. You have a guy who in Buck Showalter who I think right now should be the leading candidate for manager of the year. You start to wonder what is the definition of a successful season if you are a Met fan. It cannot be just making the playoffs anymore. In fact, I'd argue you have to win this division. You have to. It's more important for the Mets than it is for the Braves to win this division. Like, you need that under your belt. Playing one fewer playoff round, because with the expansion in the playoffs, now you have the wildcard teams, the three wildcard teams, and the third best record all in that first round best of three wildcard match. So the first, the top two seeds get a bye, and the next four playoff seeds are involved in the best of three wildcard wild card round. And if you're the Mets, it would behoove you to play as little baseball as possible in pursuit of winning a championship, especially because you don't want to tax any of those arms atop your rotation. With Scherzer and DeGrom dealing with an injury history, I know we like to pretend that Scherzer doesn't have one, but you know, Loki's developed one over the past year or so. Biggest game of the year last year for the Dodgers in the championship series against the Braves. Scherzer couldn't pitch because he had arm fatigue. St- to start this season, was supposed to be the opening day starter, couldn't because of the hamstring issue. Eventually went on the IL for a different injury. He's got a little bit of an injury history, and he's he's getting older. So I'm not saying that you need to be worried about him, but it's definitely something that is a presentable variable into this equation of the Mets winning a championship. So with him and DeGrom having injury-ish concerns, you want to play as few playoff rounds as possible. So win the division, corral one of the top two seeds, you get a bye, and then off we go into the division series. Is that enough to define a successful season for the Mets? Or is it that you have to get to the championship series? Because you take a look at what Vegas offers on their odds to win the title. The Mets right now are sitting in fourth place behind only the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Astros. Why is that important? The Yankees and the Astros play in the American League, obviously. The Dodgers are the only team on that list ahead of the Mets in the National League. So that would suggest to me that the Mets right now are favored to get to the championship series. Is that enough to define what a successful season is for your New York Mets. As we sit here today on August 5th, what would be a successful year for the Mets? So that's my question I'll throw out there. 800-919-3776. I understand that this game is still in progress. So once it goes final, the expectation is that we'll hear from some Mets fans either following just, uh, you know, a, a loss that it's not all that devastating because you got three more games against this same team and, and you're still in control of the division as we speak. But a little deflation in that balloon because last night was electric. And, and reading on Twitter, a lot of fans who were at that game, that, that was a playoff atmosphere type of game uh, between these two teams. And it had that big game feel. But, you know, you come back today – an auspicious beginning, you can recover from it. They still have six more outs to play with in this game, down 8-5 in the top of the inning, uh, the top of the eighth inning uh, against the Braves. you got Scherzer going tomorrow and then DeGrom on Sunday. Uh, Peterson's also going to be a part of that doubleheader. So still a chance for you to come back and win this series and feel great about things. But the question tonight is, what defines a successful season? Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, T-Y-D-B-U-T-L-E-R. 
And you can hit me up also on Instagram, 800-919-3776. We will get to your phone calls on the Mets. Got to talk some Yankees as well. 3-1 as they head to the bottom of the sixth inning in St. Louis. So, of course, once that game goes final, we will discuss uh, hopefully the Yankees ending a two-game losing skid and stepping in that right direction because since the All-Star break, this team hasn't been anything close to what we saw in the first half of the season. So Yankees, Mets on the table. We'll get to some football later on. Even talk some basketball. I teased some uh, last night when I was on that we would talk about the Nets and how if you're a fan, there is a bit of news out there that could make you feel more optimistic going forward. We have some audio I'm going to play for you on that as well. So I've got a lot to get to. The buffet is open. Ty Butler right here on 98.7 ESPN. My question going to break was, if you're a Met fan, going through the progressions of this season, now that it is August 5th, you're in first place in your division by four games. You've got one of the best records in baseball. Vegas has you with the fourth best odds to win the title. What is your measure of what a successful season would be? Now, pessimistic Met fans inevitably expect that collapse to happen. But I, th- I just think that this feels different. And it, we, we overuse certain phrases in sports a lot with, you know, culture. But nothing more apropos uh, than having Buck Showalter be that grown-up in the room when adversity hits, we know they're not going to go into a tailspin because that was the, the word that uh, a former Met manager used, and then they exactly went into a tailspin. So let's head to the phones, taking your calls, 800-919-3776. Ray in Queens is batting leadoff tonight. Ray, what's good? Ty, what's up, my man? How you feeling? I'm good, man. What's going on? Talk to me. I got to talk to you. I got to tell you about the Mets, man. Let me tell you. The end all be all for this season is going to be World Series revenge from Subway Series that I've been waiting for since I was 10 years old. All That's right? a long time go. ago. That's a long time to be waiting for revenge. It sounds like being, a Met, you, sounds like being a Met fan isn't all that it's cracked up to be. But uh, go ahead. Continue. I mean, I've been through my trials and tribulations. You know, I've been holding a grudge since 2015. But, you know, we had a different closer at that time. And the closer we got now, Diaz, when it gets to him and those trumpets roar, it's different. There's a fear in the batter's heart. There's a fear in the other team. And it's different. You, you know that the game is in good hands, and this manager knows what he's doing. Yeah, I, listen, Diaz, I mean, without question, has been one of the best relievers in all of baseball. And, you know, for a Met team that it, it, he just couldn't stop blowing saves the last couple of years, and that—, that trade that Brody Van Wagenen had had made for Cano and Diaz it, it just looked foolish now you can say it's the, one of the best things Brody's done bringing in Diaz and I saw John Heyman put on Twitter put him like he's not the favorite or he's not you know a top five candidate but he's in the MVP conversation I don't know if I'd go that far but that's how great he's been I have one more thing about this 10.5 game collapse we had let's get back to the Braves the Braves had won 14 games in a row, but it really was against not much talent, and it was not against no Mets teams that they played in that span. So is this a collapse or the Braves got hot playing a bunch of nobodies? I mean, they're so, playing this, essentially the same schedule that you are. You're, you're in the same division. In the same division. I mean, we're in the same division, but I feel like we play the Padres and the Dodgers and all these other teams a lot more than the Braves play, and they play the Marlins a lot more than we do. They play the Phillies. I feel like every other game they play in the Nationals. So... so 
Maybe, but I, at the same time, I don't think we're going to collapse with this manager. It's a different year. We didn't make off. We didn't make deadline moves because we made off-season moves the last two years. We got Lindor, we got Max, we got Degrom back. There's no, there's no bigger fear from a one-two punch than the Mets having their rotation. So you feel so good about the Mets that you are asking for the Yankees in the World Series. I'm asking for it because I've been dying for it my whole life, and it's going to happen. And when it happens, we're going to celebrate because it's going to be a time in New York City. But it's going to be a time for the Queens to to to, to roll up and and find out who the best team in New York is. Is it fair to say that that was asinine as a Met fan? I appreciate the call, Ray. Is it fair to say, Jacob, you're a Met fan. Is it on the table that if you are a Met fan rooting for the Yankees in the World Series, I can question your psyche? Like, I, I, just because, like, I, you can be excited, but as I mentioned yesterday, seven years removed from your last playoff win. Uh, you were in the World Series in 2015, but you haven't won a World Series since 86. To get to a point where now that it's August and you finally have something to feel good about, you're asking for the Yankees, just feels like a little much. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going out in a limit asking to see the Yankees in a World Series. I mean, even if... Whether whichever team makes the World Series, whether it's Yankees or Mets, and the Yankees, let's say, go against against uh, an least team or you know a team that I think the Mets should be beating, I'm gonna root for the Yankees. Like I'm not not saying that I'm gonna go full fledged like fan mode and just fan out. You're on not the gonna Yankees. bang the table and yeah, say no, I no, want no, the no, Yankees because no, no, no. there's not enough like there's not enough recent success in your back pocket. To, to go out there and, and put yourself on the line emotionally that way. Because, uh, listen, I'm rooting for uh, that happening would be great for the city. And as I talked about with Larry, the Mets, uh, I'm sorry, the Jets and the Giants have been such an utter disaster. We are starving for something to just be excited about. The last five years, the two worst records in football belong to the Jets and Giants. They've given us nothing to cheer about. At the end of September, we're already looking at the draft. That's embarrassing. So with the Mets and the Yankees now having respective um, quick starts in this season where the Mets, I believe at the All-Star break, it was the best record they had had since 86. The Yankees, uh, for, for a large amount of time, had been challenging that 98 record. So we all got excited about a potential Subway Series rematch this season, and it it could very it could very well happen, and I think it would be electric for the city, which is why like in, in basketball when the Knicks were good last year and the Nets were also good, that was fun to have two legitimate players in the postseason in this city. We eat that stuff up. It's been so long since we've tasted success. Like the Rangers now uh, are contending. They were just in the conference finals this year and had a really good shot at getting to the Stanley Cup. The Knicks were the four seed last year. The Yankees are our perennial contenders, and all of a sudden the Mets have turned it around. So it's different when we have two teams in the same city competing for a championship. If I'm a Mets fan, I don't know that I'm at the point where I'm saying bring on the Yankees. Be careful what you wish for. It just might happen. More of your phone calls coming up next on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, So going to break, we discussed 
uh, a potential Subway Series matchup. And uh, we had a caller, Ray in Queens. He says, bring on the Yankees. I, I think that it's it's a little crazy just because you haven't experienced enough success lately. And Scott Efrost gets out of the jam, so the Yankees will take their 3-2 lead to the top of the seventh inning. Jacob, you mentioned something about like certain certain things have to happen in order for you to to be boisterous about your desire to play the Yankees. Like it, it's it's just a, a territory that you're living in that's a little dangerous. Yeah, uh, well, the Yankee hitters, no matter who's in the lineup, always kind of scare me. Um, whether you got Judge or Stan, but to me. The place where you could probably get one up on the Yankees for the Mets is that pitching. It's the rotation. They're pitching. Whether it's whether it's their bullpen or their starting rotation, you know for sure no one is a solid like starter in there. Like you thought Garrett Cole would be that guy. Nestor was at one point. Jameson had his run too, but there's no one guy that you know what? I could throw him on the mound and I could see him probably in game three and he could go another strong, you know, start. It's a fascinating series and that there's no pitching matchup you feel great about if you're the Yankees because Garrett Cole against Scherzer, Met fans feel like they have the advantage. Garrett Cole against DeGrom, Met fans feel like they have the advantage. And that's the only, like, of the, all the permutations, those are the only two that exist if you're lining up your ace against whoever they're going to throw out throw out at you. And then the rest of the Met rotation is just better. The Yankees, I think, have the advantage um, pretty much everywhere else offensively. Their bullpen's a lot better. But the Mets, with that rotation, it would present a scary, scary challenge. We head to the BX. Jamal, what's going on? Hey, Ty, what's going on, brother? How are you, man? Yo, I'm chilling, man. Talk to me. What's up? You know, just just wanted to say, you know, congratulations on, 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 on this spot. It's, it's great hearing you. Do your thing up here, brother. You know, and, and you know, and, and for the love when I when I was calling in on the on the Larry show and and talking about the the convergence between government and politics and um in sports. So you know, it's good to good to hear you doing your thing, brother. Thank it's, you, it's, man. It's an amazing thing, brother. Really appreciate the kind words and your support as always. You already know how I feel about you. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it, man. So um as I as I as I see my Mets um get down another run, um <laughs> I, I'm still. I'm still excited about our opportunities, and I am a Bronx Met fan, and I, and I know that's that's very rare, and, and quite frankly, brave in these days and times. Um, no pun intended, but I, I do think that we have the the ability to to, to get to this World Series. Whether I would ask for the Yankees, I don't I don't know if I would ask for that. I, I do think that we're built for a short series. I do think that we should have gotten another starter, maybe go to a six man rotation to try to you know buy some time and save some arms, you know, for that stretch run, you know. But but I, I feel good about our, about our chances. I, I really do. Yeah, you should. And, and listen, about uh, the rotation and getting that extra starter, I guess the, the, the mindset behind that would be Scherzer and DeGrom not having to make every single start the rest of the way. And you would be able to afford yourself the opportunity to give them as much rest as possible. Though, you know, you want DeGrom to, to, to get back into a rhythm. But I do understand that. And a lot of Met fans out there don't feel like they did enough to address the bullpen. But I watched Diaz last night. Adovino's been good. Seth Lugo's been good. So I, I think ultimately you'll have enough. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And that home run you're referring to, William Contreras just hit a home run uh, for the Braves. So the Mets down 9-5 to five against Kenley Jansen in the bottom of the ninth inning. So it's going to be a tough one to come back from. But who knows what will happen. Absolutely, man. Yeah, and Diaz, that, 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 that two-inning that two save was electrifying. 
Um, it was uh, it was something that I can look forward to as a Mets fan. And you know, long gone are the days of uh, of uh, Armando Benitez when we didn't know, <laughs> or, you know, who who was going to come out of the bullpen and, and quite frankly where they were going to throw the ball. But um, really quick on to on to hoops. Um, you know, you, you know, you know, I love my New York Knicks. And, you do. And I, I, I bleed my orange and blue, and I and I and I'm excited about the Jalen Brunson acquisition. Um, I, I, you know, I would be happy to get um, Spider if he, if the Knicks were able to make that happen. But I'm I'm also one of these guys who look at San Antonio and we look at the Spurs and we look at Coach Pop and and when and when you let the kids play together. They can grow together. Yeah, but when those ki- when those kids are Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Mono Ginobili, and Kawhi Leonard, then yeah, it works. I I don't know if if said kids are you know quickly and Grimes and and topping. So it, the San Antonio system is one that yes, everyone dreams about having, and and we love comparing our organizations to the Warriors, but those are more rare than it is the norm. I agree, I, but I, I I would simply I would simply counter and say that. We don't know what they can be. Manu was a second-round pick, of course. Uh, Tony was a, Tony was a late first-round pick. Obviously, Tim was the man coming out of Wake Forest, right? But you know, you, you, you know, when you get a chance to to, to let these late first-round picks, Quinn Grimes, late first-round pick, Mitchell Robinson, second-round pick. Am I overvaluing these folks because I'm a big diehard Knicks fan? Yes, of course I am. Because having Absolutely. those guys like Parker and Ginobili play behind, you know, Duncan and, and Robinson. And having and employing a guy who arguably is the greatest coach of all time in that type of culture and environment is a lot different. And this NBA now, it's about stars. Like you look at the teams that are winning championships: Steph Curry, Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron, Durant. Like you need one of the five best players in the league, or you're not winning a championship. It's different. The, the game has changed. I hear you. You know, you, some, one of these things where you, you know, sometimes you just wanna, you just want let, you, you just wanna let him play. But that that backcourt between, you know, Brunson and Mitchell, it would be, it would be special depending on what you what you have to give up and and and, and not too much. Before I let you go, you know, not to make it overtly, but just remind people, get out there and vote. Nothing political about it. Just get out there. Whatever it is that you do, just get out there and vote. We got some. This is some elections coming up. Not partisan. Just making sure people civic civic participation is important, man. So make sure people get that out there. Very important. Appreciate the call, Jamal. I just want to piggyback on that thought about the you know the Knicks and, and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it's a, it's a downtime right right now in the NBA because everyone or a lot of executives and and people who make the big decisions are vacationing right now. So it's been quiet on the Donovan Mitchell front. But listen, if you're the Knicks and you've got an opportunity to grab one of the 20 best players in the league, he'd immediately become the best player you've had since Carmelo Anthony. If you've got an opportunity to do that, you just have to. And I'm sorry, as much as I enjoy the energy that Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Kickley and Quentin Grimes bring, those aren't going to be the guys that stop me from getting Donovan Mitchell, who, by the way, the Knicks should have just drafted when they have the opportunity to. So you're just correcting a mistake that was made by your organization. And that's the frustrating part. You're, you're, you now have to attach assets to acquire a guy that you could have just drafted outright. So I understand that part of it. But I, I think we do this thing in New York sports where we 
overvalue young players and draft picks a little too much. And it, that same thing happened with the Juan Soto sweepstakes. Like, there were Yankee fans. No, I'm not. I, mean, I don't want to give up too much. He's a 23-year-old superstar who you could have for the next decade. And, you, and you're talking about AAA and AA guys. We have no idea what they're going to become. It's this weird phenomenon in New York sports where we overvalue the young players and the draft picks and the prospects. Same thing happened with the Giants. When the conversation last year for a little bit of time was about Russell Wilson. And I get it's different because he's an aging quarterback and he's had injuries the last couple of years. But what are you talking about giving up too much for Russell Wilson? He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The Broncos, that, that's going to be an exciting team this year. That division is going to be a whole lot of fun. That That is going to be some heavyweight fight in that division, top to bottom. But just, you know, not wanting to trade for, not wanting to acquire, like being the team that longs for talent. Why can't we ever get this right? Why does no one ever want to come play for us? And then you have guys that who do or or may want to come play for you and you're just obsessed with young players. I'm sorry, as much as I love Quickly and Toppin and Grimes, you know what those guys are? They're good stories. They are fun to watch. You know what they also have in common? All replaceable. All replaceable. You got a shot to get Donovan Mitchell. You make that happen ASAP Rocky. The Mets down to their final two outs at City Field. Uh, this game looks like it'll go final in a moment, so hopefully we'll catch the Mets fans hanging out at the game, leaving City Field, and we'll react to... Uh, what looks like it is going to be a loss, but still three more games to play with this weekend against the Braves, Scherzer and Peterson tomorrow, and DeGrom on Sunday. Meanwhile, the Yankees in St. Louis, as we take a look at the score, it is to 3-2 in the top of the seventh, seventh inning. Matt Carpenter is at the plate. He's been pretty good in his return to St. Louis. They gave him a nice standing ovation. Pretty cool by the Cardinals fans. More coming up next. Your phone calls on the Yankees and Mets. Do some football as well right here on 98.7 ESPN. We are watching the Mets and the Braves. Mets down to their final strike against Jansen. And it looks like this game will go final. The Mets once trailed 8-1. to Jeff McNeil... Made it 9-6 with a solo shot in the ninth inning, but they fall to the Braves. The Braves, by the way, were on the cusp of their first three-game losing streak of the season, uh, but not to happen tonight as they come back and beat the Mets. And 9-6 is the final score. So they're now three games back in the National League East uh, against the Mets. So tomorrow they'll play two. As I mentioned, Scherzer and Peterson will pitch for the Mets, and then the ground will go on Sunday. I, I I couldn't help but notice this. And this is where like part of the immaturity aspect comes out of you sometimes. So I'm watching the Met game and the one of the one of the ads behind home plate was Hornitos Tequila. I don't know how I feel about that name. It it just feels a little strong to me. It, the Hornitos Tequila. I've never had it. I'm sure it's amazing. It, it just it was it was really strong. So 
Uh, nice, nice, nice little sign there at City Field. The Yankees uh, are in the bottom of the seventh inning. Once again, the Cardinals are threatening with a runner on first base and now one out in the inning. Yankees up 3-2, looking to snap a two-game losing streak. But I want to hear from the Mets fans. So, so this game tonight, the statement is tonight was a bad look for the Mets. Is that an overreaction or is that an analysis? Tonight was a bad look for the Mets. Taiwan Walker came into this game pitching lights out. His last nine starts, he was 6-0 with a 2-3-8 ERA. In that first inning, gave up a double, RBI double, and a 3-1 shot. Second inning, another home run. Before you know it, it was 8-0 in the second inning for the Atlanta Braves. Now the Mets were able to come back because all they've done this year is shown you that they're never out of a game. But there was too steep of a hill to climb. So the final score, 9-6, to six, the Mets fall to the Braves. Tonight was a bad look for the Mets. Is that an overreaction or an analysis? I will say it's an overreaction. They won last night. The Braves come back and win today. They have three more games to play with this team. I would, I, I would say that all the pressure is on the Mets in this series and the rest of the regular season because you do have to secure this division title. But I'm not going to look at tonight and, and go nuts if I'm a Mets fan. The Braves are still an excellent team. They, they are the defending champions for a reason. One of the best offenses in baseball, they were due for this type of an explosion. But now you get, in the next three games, you get, Scherzer, you get Scherzer and DeGrom. So you still have to feel great about winning the series. It now becomes a best of three. Typically, doubleheaders split. And especially with you, with you having Scherzer on the mound, you feel great about those percentages, if not better. And then the ground comes back Sunday. You've got an excellent shot to still come out with a series win. And that's all that matters the rest of the week. Continue to stockpile series wins. Uh, take a look at what that magic number is. And at some point, hopefully it's in your favor enough for you to feel good that last couple of days of the season uh, where you don't have to worry about the, the, the Braves catching you. Just looking ahead to the, to, to the latter part of the season, the Braves and the Mets, the final s- the Mets. Here, here's the Mets schedule at the end of the season. The Mets will finish the year with three games against the Nationals. Prior to that, they will play a three-game series in Atlanta. Feels like that's going to be a big series. The penultimate series of the regular season for the Mets will be a three-game set in Atlanta. September 30th, October 1st, October 2nd. That feels like it's going to be a huge series. And they're in the midst of playing them nine games of nine times over the next week and a half. They're tightly contested matchups. These two teams are, are pretty much neck and neck as far as talent. I think the Mets are a little bit better, and statistically that has proven to be the case, but the Braves are, are not out of it. I, I, I said the division race was over in June when they were up 10 and a half games, but obviously the Braves went on. They won 14 games in a row. They've gained a lot of ground on the Mets, so these are important games heading into October. But looking at that final stretch, you'll, you'll take care of business. Here's what can't happen for the Mets, because I know all, all the Mets fans are going to be looking at this. That Braves series that I just talked about, that's going to happen toward the end of the season. However it goes, you would also assume 
finishing the year at City Field against the Nationals is going to be important as well. Now, the, the Nationals are, are dreadful. We know they traded Soto, Josh Bell. Like, they, that, that is a lousy team. But it's going to be important games, and if you're the Mets, you've you got to find a way to win those games. You can't have a situation where you're playing for a division crown uh, with, with a chance to win it, win this division, and you fall short because you're losing games to the Nationals. So it's going to be a fun race to watch. If you're a Mets fan, you're leaving City Field, I want to know what your thoughts are following this game. How do you feel? And I started the show with this question. What would define a successful team, uh, a successful season for this baseball team? We know what the expectations were coming in, but now that we sit here and you have a three-game lead in the division and you've been pretty good all season long, you've been consistent, that collapse hasn't happened and I don't think that it will happen. What are your expectations going forward for this team? I would love to see a Subway Series. And on that note, I, I think that a Subway Series, because I've changed my mind on this. Before, like when this question first came up a couple of weeks ago, I said that as a Yankee fan, I wanted no part of it. Just because it, it, it feels like it's a lose-lose situation. Because if as a Yankee fan, you're expected to beat the Mets in, in, big game. in a big spot, you're expected to beat the Mets. Because that's that's just what history tells us, and it's not just the Subway Series, but you, you as an organization, you're the most successful organization in sports history. In in big games like this, inner city rival, the expectation is that you win. So it works against you in a sense of if the Mets do find a way to win that series, all the bragging rights that they now get to assume. Because I I feel like right now, and this sounds spoiled, this sounds cocky, but there's really nothing a Met fan can say to me if we're having a sports argument. I've got so much ammunition, I can put you in checkmate pretty easily. Like If this is like a rap battle, you're you're bowing out pretty quickly. Unless you pull a a B-Rabbit in 8 Mile where you just kind of throw it, you throw all of your transgressions out there. Now I'm, le- I'm left with nothing to say. But if you find a way to get to the World Series and you, and you beat the Yankees, it's hard to overcome that because you just won the last championship and you beat the Yankees in the, in, in the World Series. It, it would be so hard to overcome that. And living in a city where Met fans, sometimes it just feels like I had a Met fan earlier banging on the table. He he wants the Yankees in the World Series. Wait, hold up, bro. When, when your first playoff game in seven years first? Put some hair on your chest, then we can talk about Yankees and Mets in the World Series and you wanting them. But we've already got Met fans who bring on the Yankees with that type of energy. So could you imagine, oh man, losing to the Mets in the World Series if you're a Yankee fan? That That's a nightmare. Like I, I honestly would rather lose to the Astros again. And I have a, an extreme passionate disdain for the Astros. There's too much recent history there where that that team it, it's it, it to some degree has usurped the Red Sox. And I know it sounds crazy, but just because of what's happened, you know, 2017, 2019, the wild card game in 2015. Like so much has happened between these two organizations. I I just really can't stand the Astros. But I would much rather lose to them in the championship series than lose to the Mets in the World Series. But I would love to beat the Mets in the World Series. 
That would be nice. We're reacting to the Mets falling to the Braves. One more hour to play with Ty Butler going until midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.